Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. So another uh, update on Fannie Willis. Uh, Jim Jordan had requested documents. And these documents ranged uh, a number of different topics, but included a correspondence with the White House, the Justice Department, you know, things that are making skeptics nervous that she was politically motivated here and that maybe her and Nathan Wade, things weren't on the level, to put it mildly. And Fannie Willis is rejecting those requests. She's not going to give those records to Jim Jordan when it comes to the Trump case because of confidentiality. And it's really just another way of saying, like, I can't jeopardize the integrity of the case. You know, that this case is ongoing and you can't have access to that. But I'm telling you right now, Fannie Willis, I understand her confidence because when you're going up against Trump, you can feel untouchable. You're such a star. You're going to be such a hero. But this is beyond uh, being anti-Trump at this point. Like a lot of even Democrats are coming out now and saying this whole thing is a mess. And what I think tends to happen, we saw this a little bit with Alvin Bragg. If you go after Trump and you end up making him look better, which happens more often than you think, there can be a backlash against you. Like, you undermined the case. You gave Trump more fodder. You gave him more strength. And so now you've gone from being our number one hero to a villain. And so you have Georgia voters who are upset with Fannie Willis, taxpayers in Georgia who are upset with Fannie Willis, and obviously Jocelyn Wade's upset with Fannie Willis for a number of reasons. But I just wanted to give everyone that little update there. Um, And speaking of updates... There are a lot of governors across the country who are standing with Governor Greg Abbott in Texas and supporting his decision to not back down when it comes to securing the border in Texas and not take his orders from the Supreme Court in this case, which is might sound crazy. Sounds like something I wouldn't be saying often, but I've seen this happen before. I've seen Joe Biden reject the Supreme Court's decision a number of times. And in this case, when the federal government is allowing an invasion to occur in your state, I don't really know what other options Greg Abbott has. And I was just reading a piece from Jonathan Turley, who's one of my favorites, and a lot of conservative legal beagles have been talking about this and have been talking about what a good position Greg Abbott is in. Because really, what is Joe Biden going to do? What's his next move here? How what he's got to prove now is how bad do you want people to flood into Texas? Like, show us. Show us how badly you want people to come in unvetted into Texas. We know you love it. We know you support it. We know you encourage the surge. But now you've got to put your money where your mouth is. Are you willing to open fire on Texas National Guards, men and women? Are you willing to start a civil war over it? Because you want that razor wire taken bad, taken down so bad, are you willing to start a war over this? 
I don't think he is. I don't think, and I don't think he's in a position right now to start another war. He's got plenty of those to keep his eye on right now. Mike, you're up next on the Grease Curly Show. Go ahead, Mike. Uh, hi, hi, Grace. Uh, I spoke with you about two years ago uh, before the last, uh, before the midterm elections. I'm, I just recently retired from the Border Patrol. Like, I'm originally from Randolph, but I live here in El Paso. Yes, Mike, yes. And um, all, all I want to say is I'm glad I'm retired and I don't get a be dealing with uh, what's going on now because I'll tell you, just about every Border Patrol agent on the ground, we support what we support what Governor Abbott's doing. He's the only governor of a border state that cares about about the sovereignty the sovereignty of his, of his state. And um, we, 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 how can I put it? I mean, um, Biden Biden has just uh, just destroyed everything ever ever since he got inaugurated. I, I hated going to work every day he was president because. All we were doing was welcoming pretty much people from about every country in the world. The only people we were sending back were people from Mexico, Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. Just about everybody else, they were claiming asylum, and they were pretty much getting released into the, uh, released into the country. Now, and, uh, now, Mike, my question for you is there's a lot of talk from Democrats and, and some, you know, rhino establishment Republicans like Mitch McConnell that we need to get on board with a border bill, that we need to compromise. That's no, the word. And, no, and that and that no, all we right. need is more money. If we just send more money to the border and we hire more Border Patrol agents, then that will fix the problem. It would take about, it takes up to a year to hire a border patrol agent. You go through an interview process. You got to well first you got to take the test. You take the interview. Then you got to go through the background investigation. And then when you finally get hired, that's a that's a year that's a year from now. So that's that's a joke right there. And honestly, any of those Democrats going on about it and rhinos like Mitch, they don't care at all about the border. And the only money they're looking for is so they can get people to process aliens in. I mean, I'm sorry, not migrants or illegal aliens. That's what it says. That's what it says in the law books. Every every year we change and give them a different kind of name, but they're illegal aliens that they come in between the ports of entry. Immigrants are people who lawfully present themselves for inspection, immigration inspectors at the at a port of entry, the airport, international airport, or a seaport. I mean, any of those politicians like McConnell, he's a he's a joke. Always has been a joke. And and uh, and uh, who the other guy used to be the governor of Massachusetts, Romney, worthless, completely worthless. Might as well be a Democrat. I mean, um, anything the Democrats are putting up and if McConnell's supporting it, it ain't good for the country. It's not good for the country at all. And Mike, as someone who has been on the front lines of this, there's sometimes a fear I notice with Republicans that they're going to get blamed if they don't come to the table. Like, oh, we're going to get blamed because the Democrats are offering up this this border bill and we need to get on board or else the media is going to blame us. You've seen this yourself. Republicans are going to get blamed for this either way. So they really shouldn't get pushed around as far as these boondoggles go. Is all just about all the major like, media media companies are in the Democrats' back pocket. And they spout they, they spout the Democrat line, and most people are so busy working and stuff and dealing with day to day life, they don't get the opportunity to see what's really going on. And and unfortunately, they believe the crap that they spew. Excuse my language, but that's just how I see it. I mean, it's just because believe me, I mean um, the, the Republicans. I mean, it always. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. The, the one, the only thing that sucked is a. Excuse my language. The only thing that was lousy at the border patrol agent. Whenever, whenever the government was shut down, I know we eventually get paid at the end. But no matter what, we'd have to come to work, even knowing that we weren't getting paid. Even if we had annual leave coming up, our annual leave would be canceled. We'd have to go to work. And it's, it's it's funny that the people on welfare they get their checks, but the people who who are always working for the government, we don't. 
we don't get paid when the government shuts down until the government comes back to work. And that's a real mess up. That's a real mess up thing. The only people I've seen the paperwork are the, are the border patrol agents, the immigration inspectors, and anybody that works for CBP or ICE because we'd still have to go to work. But for, for the time being, we know we wouldn't get paid until once it was resolved. Yeah, but and Mike, we honestly, know that we that's know that's you're the, the, the only way. That's the only way you can. That's the only way. That, but that's the only way you can hold their feet to the fire. But the unfortunate thing, the Republicans have such a small majority, only two votes, and a lot of Republican congressmen are so weak. And they have to stand up to it because of the media and everybody giving them pressure. That's that's the sad thing about it. The only, the only thing that can happen in the changes, like I remember I mentioned it last time, is this election. No matter what, vote Republican. Even if you think it's a, it's a worth, uh, the Republican politician in your district is sad, trust me, I'd rather vote Republican than any Democrat. Republicans are the lesser of the two evils. Trump, he was the one guy that always helped us on the border. When he was inaugurated in 2016, his rhetoric alone shut things down pretty much for us. But the first three months, we didn't have enough, nobody... Having anybody coming up to surrender for the first three months, they were scared of them. Mike, I was going to ask you that. Hold on, Mike. I want to ask you a question about that because you were you were on the border. You saw both administrations. I know that you've since retired, and I don't blame you, but you were able to see both. As far as when people would get there and the interactions you would have, did you notice a, a big difference? Obviously, you notice a difference in numbers, but in the attitudes of people coming across the border, because what I'm seeing now is that there's no incentive for people to not cross the border. They're getting everything for free. But did you notice an attitude change when people knew that Joe Biden was in charge? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they, I mean, they, they know they wouldn't be getting sent back because when uh, President Trump instituted uh, the return to Mexico policy, instituted tariffs on Mexico, so that, 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 shut it, that shut it down. I remember before that, about one or two years before that, initially when the families were coming and giving up, he, he was, we were separating uh, families from children. And it's never that great when, you, when you're taking kids away from parents, but it was working. It was slowly working. But the media came down on President Trump so hard for that. And, and because we were expecting a month, month and a half of doing this, that should stop it. But the unfortunate thing was the media came down so hard. And then Melania and Ivanka, his wife and daughter, actually got on him about that, too. And then mm-hmm. we were told to stop doing that. And then what happened was it got just as bad. And because if, if, if he had initially stuck to that, then... He would have shut it down, but unfortunately, so much media, and then, you know, with Melania and Iraq is telling them, hey, stop it. You know, if I was the president and, uh, and Melania and uh, Iraq was my wife and daughter, I'd, I'd probably listen to him too. But when, when he but when he finally did the, the Remain in Mexico policy, he, that, that did it. That, that pretty much stopped, stopped people giving up to us because they know they wouldn't be staying in America. They know they, they have, they'd have to wait in Mexico, and they'd have their case heard while they're in Mexico. And, and that, that, that stopped it. That pretty much stopped it all. We could concentrate on people actively entering illegally and trying to get away from us. We could concentrate on going after them, interdicting uh, illegal drug smuggling as well. I mean, that, that stopped it. The last, the last, uh, from the time President Trump instituted the Remain in Mexico policy, Things, things, things were going, things were going um, pretty decent for us. We were getting a hold of things. Now, we pretty much don't have operational control of our border. Um, there was like uh, times when I was working in the camera room here in the El Paso area, and because we had all our agents assigned to either processing or transporting aliens that we were releasing, we'd have we'd have other aliens coming in illegally that would be amenable to actually being sent back to Mexico, and they'd be coming in like crazy, loading up, loading up, getting picked up by smugglers. Directly north of the border, there's a highway called the Border Highway, say that Chavez Highway in our area. 
little cars just stopping right there, loading up with people, or people would just be wandering across this highway and, and jumping in the neighborhood, which is in uh, south, uh, south central El Paso. And we would track them on the cameras as far as the cameras could go, calling out their positions. But we had no agents to respond because all our agents were busy processing either processing uh, aliens to, uh, to release them, transporting them, or if there are aliens in the hospital. And for every single alien we have in the hospital, we have to have one agent with them to escort them. And there'd be, there'd be sometimes you'd have up to eight agents at different hospitals, escort, I know, uh, escorting, providing security, hospital security for aliens. Most of the time would be uh, possibly pregnant women uh, giving birth or some aliens who got injured uh, jumping, uh, coming off the fence or or other, or other aliens might with any type of medical problem because we have our contract medical staff at our station and they screen the people when they come in. And if there's any, well, because we're in our custody, we have to do this. If they're in our custody and, uh, and our medical staff, uh, contract medical staff has, um, you know, does a medical screening and has sees that they have any type of medical problems to cover ourselves because we're in our custody, we have to take them to the emergency room at the hospital to get them, to get them medically cleared before we can do any other processing with them. Mike, can you hold on right there? Can you can you wait with us until the other side? Sure, sure. Thanks. I, I have a few more questions for you because yesterday Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, went off on the media and on Democrats about this border bill. And one of the things he mentioned that Mike was just alluding to is how none of this is humane. And, and that was kind of what we were billed with Joe Biden in the beginning was this humane, kind man. And Ted Cruz focused on these kids and he focused on the brutality of what goes on at the border. And I think Mike um, has had experience seeing that with his own eyes. And I think it'd be beneficial for the audience to hear from him. So stay on the line, Mike. I do appreciate it. When we come back, we are going to take more of your calls and we're going to continue to talk about the crisis at the border and the Biden administration's strange determination to make it worse. Uh, But first, some good news. Some good news would be Omaha Steaks. I love Omaha Steaks. I love steaks all year round, but I especially love a steak around Valentine's Day. For me, Jared, a steak is a really... It's a nice way to celebrate an occasion, you know, because it's a little bit of it's a little decadent. You know, you can kind of treat yourself and it's a perfect thing to have when you're celebrating Valentine's Day. It's a perfect thing to have any day, really. And the great thing about Omaha Steaks is you can throw in a couple of, you know, decadent filet mignons. And then you can also get a lot of basic stuff for the rest of the week. So you can get chicken, you can get pork chops, you can get beef franks. So the options are endless. And the most important thing to remember here is you're going to be prepared for dinner time. You're going to save money and you're going to save yourself a trip to the grocery store. For a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash grace, my listeners will get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts, four free rich, juicy boneless pork chops. Everything is so delicious. You're going to love every bite. No one comes close to matching the flavor, tenderness, and value of Omaha Steaks. That's what I love. It's great to have a delicious piece of meat or, you know, just a delicious side or dessert. But it's so much more delicious when you know you're saving money and you're getting the best bang for your buck. So here's what I want you to do. Go to omahasteaks.com slash grace. You're going to score the four free chicken breasts, the four free pork chops with your order. Hurry, this offer won't last long. Minimum purchase may apply. That's omahasteaks.com. Don't forget slash grace and then tell us what you cook up. We'll be right back with Mike from Border Patrol. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show.
This is the Grace Curley Show. Governor Abbott, thank you so much for joining us. If the administration declares that it plans to federalize the National Guard of the state of Texas, your National Guard, what will be your response? Well, first, I'll be shocked. That would be a boneheaded move on his part, a total disaster. Uh, But for one, as you might imagine, we are prepared uh, in the event that that unlikely event does occur to to make sure that we will be able to continue exactly what we've been doing over the past month. And that is uh, building these barriers, uh, whether it be the Constantino wire or other uh, anti-climb border barriers, whatever we've been building, the Biden administration uh, is now trying to attack us because of it. Yeah, that was Governor Greg Abbott with Tucker Carlson. And, you know, Douglas Murray has a piece today in The New York Post, because I I think sometimes, especially now with the news cycle and, you know, it's hard to shock us. We're all kind of desensitized to unprecedented news. But Douglas Murray wrote to have a state governor say that federal law has broken down and that as a result, his state is going to take matters into its own hands is extraordinary. Uh, Joining us is Mike, who's a former Border Patrol agent. Mike, are you surprised? that it's it's reached this level, that now Governor Greg Abbott is having to basically reject a decision from the Supreme Court in order to keep Texas safe? With uh, with Biden, everything he's done since he got inaugurated in 2021, it doesn't surprise me because he hasn't done nothing. He hasn't done nothing right to secure the border since he got inaugurated. He reversed all of uh, President Trump's executive orders. And all, all he had to do to look good was reinstate those orders. He could have he could have probably gradually done the stuff he wanted to do, and he, he probably would have came out looking like a looking like a real good guy securing the border. But from day one, his administration, they they reversed everything. I mean, it, I mean, we, we basically had aliens wait, wait wait waiting on midnight of the January twentieth, and once once they knew uh, Biden was in, they started showing up. I mean, and it only got worse and worse. I mean, over over time. Mike, I mean, Senator it, Ted Cruz yeah. talked a lot about. The brutality, especially that these young children who are making the journey and then getting to the border, the brutality that they're going through, the violence that the Border Patrol agents are seeing, um, that these people are having to endure because either smugglers have been incentivized to bring them here. Can you talk a little bit uh, about that? There'll be times we encounter like uh, what we call UX, unaccompanied children. That's anybody from 17 years old down uh, that. That's what they're called, UX, uh, OTMs, other than Mexicans. If they're from any country other than Mexico, we have to, we, have, we got to take them in custody because we don't share a physical border with whatever the country they're from other than Mexico. We have to keep them. And, the, and those children, if I remember correctly, we can only keep them in our custody up to 20 or 21 days. I forget whether it's just for, that's with Border Patrol or once we transfer them to uh, U.S. Health and Human Services. But at the processing center, We'd have we'd have agents uh, interviewing them, especially if they're by themselves, and uh, they try they try to they try to find information about stuff. A lot of times, uh, what what happened originally was we used to have uh, when they all first started coming in uh, claiming asylum years uh, years ago when it first started, we had a lot of single adult males showing up with kids because if if all they had kids with them, they could claim asylum. We'd have to release them to the country. We wouldn't send them back. So. It's, it's pretty funny. I mean, I mean, funny, not ha ha, but it's pretty weird. You see all these adult men show up with kids. Most, a lot of cases, they were their own kids. But I, this is just pretty much anecdotal from what some agents would tell me. From the processing, was roughly twenty percent of the children with the with the with the male parents at the time they weren't their kids. They were once once they once they got interviewed sometimes and they admitted to it. 
if, uh, the, the adults will be saying they, they basically rented the kids from their own from their parents. So they- yeah, yeah, I, that's not the first time I've heard that either. Thank you, Mike, for the call. We'll be right back. We appreciate it. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. This is from Bonchi, one of my favorites from Red State. He said, Abbott should stand tall on this, meaning his decision to not back down to the Supreme Court. Abbott should stand tall on this. He's got absolutely nothing to lose. What is the Biden administration going to do? Open fire on the Texas National Guard if they don't clear out? The federal government has no leverage here and no ability to exact its will. Texas is holding Shelby Park and the other disputed areas, and they have no obligation to leave. Something else that Bonchi pointed out that I think at first I read it and I thought, eh, you're kind of splitting hairs. But now that I think about it, he's really not. He says the federal attorney being quoted is reading more into the Supreme Court's ruling than exists. The ruling that we're all talking about, this 5-4 ruling that's now taken the world by storm, lifted an injunction that stopped the federal officials from cutting the razor wire. The ruling did not say that Texas must allow federal officials access to the areas where the razor wire is. That, to me, feels like a big difference, that the federal administration and the federal um, Border Patrol agents are just assuming now that they they have access to this. That's not what the ruling said. Uh, 844-500-4242. We're going to talk more about this. Let's go to the callers here. Doug, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Doug. Hi, Grace. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Love the show. Um, I just, the hypocrisy has no end with the left. It's kind of like COVID days, right? They make all these rules but don't have to go by them. I mean, they're telling our National Guard in Texas to stand down and not only let these people in, but help escort them through the Rio Grande and, and welcome them in, when yet a plane, a plane full of them lands in Martha's Vineyard, and within 24 hours the Massachusetts National Guard's fired up to get these people out of there because they don't have the resources, yet they're not concerned with any anybody else's resources um, as long as it's not in their backyard. All these high-profile people like Steph Curry and all these people on the news that have all this room and this big heart and this is what America should be until it's in their backyard and it's somebody else's problem. We can't have it here, you know, and and I would the Supreme. Where was the Supreme Court? If these immigrants that were in Martha's Vineyard went to court on whether or not they could stay there, how would these uh, same judges rule on that? You know, so many great points you just brought up, Doug. And actually, you just made me think of the cut from that Illinois city councilor uh, McBroom where that was in Naperville, he said the same thing. He said, you know, I'll put up a sign-up sheet and all these people in these affluent towns can, you know, sign up to take in illegal aliens um, so we at least get a head count. But like Doug said, it would be the same thing as Martha's Vineyard. Not in my backyard. You know, it, it's it's nimby all around when, when the actual rubber meets the road. And, and something else that Doug just brought up about how the Supreme Court ruled. There's another question here that I didn't think of until I read this story in the Post by Douglas Murray. Because he's talking about how unprecedented this is. That Greg Abbott is actually saying, listen, the federal government is not doing its job. We're going to take matters into our own hands. That's pretty crazy, especially when you're dealing with a Supreme Court decision. But, Doug, this is the part of it in this article 
that actually will make you realize this is not the first time this has occurred. Except that there is a precedent. All those cities and states that also broke away from federal law in recent decades when they declared themselves sanctuary states and cities. So it goes right back to what Doug was saying. Where was the Supreme Court then? Where were all these people up in arms about the Constitution then when these cities and states were just making up their own rules and saying, oh, we can let in anybody we want? That was all, you know, you can look at this and say that um, Joe Biden, that there's a dereliction of duty as far as protecting our border. And and you'd be 1000 percent accurate to say that. But there have been examples of that for decades now. Smaller examples on a smaller scale of cities around this country virtue signaling and doing the same thing. Not protecting the citizens, not protecting the borders, not protecting the country in order to gain uh, political advantages, in order to virtue signal, in order to show, like Doug said, what a big heart they have. But where, where were all these courts then? And Douglas Murray writes... I suspect that Abbott will get a fair amount of pushback on his statement in the courts and in the court of elite opinion. But where were these critics when leftist politicians went around grandstanding about the necessity of welcoming the world's poor and dispossessed? Where was the condemnation when states and cities decided to unilaterally encourage further illegal migration into this country because they wanted to look kindly and compassionate? This is exactly what that caller is pointing out. The answer is it was there, such as in the statements of Joe Biden, the candidate in 2007, and then nothing happened. If you're curious what Joe Biden said, that's at the beginning of the article. There's quotes from Joe Biden talking about sanctuary cities. And this is what he said. You have to have a federal government that can enforce laws. This administration has been fundamentally derelict in the in not funding any of the requirements that are needed even to enforce the existing laws. That was Joe Biden in 2007 during the George W. Bush administration. How times have changed, to put it mildly. I'm going to come back to your calls here because people want to talk about the border. But let's do the poll question because it has to do with this as well. Today's poll question is brought to you by the Nasa Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nasa Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. To reserve your pet-friendly ocean view room, go to NasaBeachInn.com. That's NasaBeachInn.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurlyShow.com, is who will blink first, Greg Abbott or Joe Biden? Now that I think about it, it's kind of a ridiculous question because it's again, it's not like Joe Biden knows he's in a game of chicken here. It's Joe Biden's people who are pulling his puppet strings. But even with that being said, I think Joe Biden's going to swerve first because he doesn't have another option. Like his other options, if he were to call Greg Abbott's bluff, he'd have to fire on the National Guard, which he's not going to do, the Texas National Guard. So I think Joe Biden once again has written a check that his ass can't cash up to 88 percent now who agree with you that joe biden will blink first 12 percent say greg abbott let's go to leslie you're up next on the grace curly show go ahead leslie hi grace um first of all i think ted cruz is a windbag and i think biden should be dragged out of the white house and just impeached i want to know when our immigration laws went down the tubes. When I was a little girl growing up, my parents had a nice size house, four bedrooms, 
And my mother would say to us once in a while, oh, we're having a visitor come. And usually they would be from France or Italy. And the person would come, and they would have to learn English, and they would have to, you know, take the test and get a job. After 30 days, if they weren't doing the, the sticking to the rules, they left. When did these immigration laws that we had... When did they go down the tubes? That's the, it has know. nothing to do, Leslie, with the immigration laws going down the tubes. It's the enforcement of the laws that have gone down the tubes. And in fact, we had a caller yesterday. And if you ever miss any of the show, you can always, wherever you get your podcast, we have all the hours posted. We had a fabulous caller yesterday, Adam from Australia. And at first, sometimes when people are talking, if if they're going into a lot of details, like inside baseball, sometimes I think, eh, do we need this much information? But I thought it was interesting to hear the process that Adam went through to become a U.S. citizen and to live here. And so I did. I let him go for a while. And you guys should check that out if you missed yesterday's show, because he explains the amount of money he had to have in his bank account, the amount of, um, you know, recommendations or, you know, letters of people, people confirming that he's a good person and there's all of these layers to him getting here and and kind of the strain it put on his family but he was determined because he knew that you know he had to work for it he had to put in a, a lot of effort to get here and then right after he was done talking leslie right after he adam finished we said goodbye i get a text from somebody who said adam sounds like a real sucker he should have just walked across the southern border and i thought that's the, the exact problem and the, and the guy was joking but the problem is that the joke rings true you, you want people like adam you want people like the people leslie just mentioned who come here who have jobs who have um some sort of network of people that can attest that they're going to do the right thing. You want that. And you don't want those people to feel like they're morons for going, for jumping through all the hoops. If they're looking at the border and they're going, wait, I just, I spent seven years and like a hundred thousand dollars trying to become a citizen. And I don't know what the actual cost is, but I know it's a lot of money. And then I'm looking at all these people walking across, getting phones, getting fist bumps, what a sucker I am. That's what I would think. That's how I would feel. 844-500-4242. A lot of people on the lines who want to discuss this. We will continue having this conversation. And I think what I'll say for the two o'clock is I would like to talk about Trump's decision, or maybe you could call it a threat, that he wants to banish like the Nikki Haley supporters and anyone who's donating to Nikki Haley, any of these big donors, he doesn't want their money or he doesn't want um, their contributions. He said they'll be permanently barred from the MAGA camp. I got a lot of messages from people who want to win the election. They want Trump to win the election, who are not happy with this decision. And the Wall Street Journal has a good piece on it. So we'll talk about that. We'll continue to take your calls and... We will be right back. Now, something I wanted to let people know about is the Eden Pure three-pack special. I entertained a lot over the holidays, and I was very excited. You know, I've, I've moved into a new house. It's got a little bit more room. I could have people over, could cook, could have parties. But then the problem is that when everybody leaves and, you know, you're putting the food away, sometimes you want to clear out any sort of smell, you know, because it's nice to cook. It's nice to whip up those steaks. You guys know I love my steaks. 
But after a few minutes, you're ready for the smell to be gone. And that's what the Eden Pure Thunderstorm can do. And it's not just food smells. It's tobacco smells. It's, you know, if your boots are muddy and you've been out all day and you come in to the mud room and you leave your shoes there, it can get rid of that smell. If you've got a basement that gets musty and kind of damp, it can get rid of that smell. And what I love about it is when I say it eliminates the odor, you turn this on, it's quiet, you plug it into the wall, it's off the floor, doesn't take up any room. When I say it eliminates the odor, I'm not talking about covering up the odor, which I think is a really big difference. Covering up the odor, that kind of implies, it's like we're going to put like a perfume on it, we're going to cover it with flowers. No, no, no. The thunderstorm is here to just get rid of the smell period, which I think you guys will really like. Any funky odors, anything funky in the air, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm is going to take care of. Another reason to love this device, like I said, doesn't take up any space. I don't know about you. I do not have room for stuff on the ground. This is like the size of a computer charger, maybe even smaller. You just plug it right into the wall and it's good to go. With the three-pack special, you can use one in your kitchen, office, or even your car. So here's what I want you to do. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE3. This is a really great deal. People wait for this all the time. It's EdenPureDeals.com. Code GRACE and the number three. That's EdenPureDeals.com. Code GRACE and the number three. We're going to continue to talk about the border when we come back. We'll talk Sununu and the Trump MAGA purge a little bit later on. And also... I want to go back to a topic that I had brought up earlier about Joe Biden and these anti-Semitic radicals that are kind of leading him around and telling him what to do. And it reminds me of the moment with DiFi where she looked at all those kids in her office and she basically said, kick rocks, pound sand, get out of here. You're not going to bully me. I've been doing this a long time. And I, I do wish Biden once in a while had that energy of I'm 81 years old or 80. I don't even know how old he is. I'm not, you're not calling the shots, okay? I mean, you work this hard to become president and you're going to get bullied by a bunch of like teenage brats? What's the point? What's the point? You did it. You're president. You're the most powerful person in the world. And you can't look at a couple of these radicals on college campuses and say, boo-hoo, go home. I don't know. I don't know what's it all good for if you can't do that. We'll be right back. We'll take your calls on the other side. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curly Show. No, our poll question is, who's going to blink first between Abbott and Biden? And I think most people agree with me that it's going to be Biden. And part of the reason, too, is that there's just so many things going wrong all at once. And they have been for so long, but it feels like the wheels have come off. And there's so many problems in this administration. And the Biden administration seems like they are determined to create more. Like every single day they think, what else can we mess up? And so today it comes out from the Department of Energy that the White House is halting the permitting process for several proposed liquefied natural gas export terminal projects. This climate crisis. Again, we're always trying to appease the radicals. We're always trying to 
they're really Biden at this point is just looking at this alligator and throwing it breadcrumbs and being like, please don't eat me yet. Please don't eat me yet. I promise I'll be good. It's going to eat you. It might eat you last. But that alligator is going to eat you. So that's their newest thing. You know, forget the when they're not worried about destroying our border. They're worried about killing off these natural gas projects. They've got their eye on the prize. And I guess the prize is destroying the United States of America. John, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, John. Hey, Grace. How are you? Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, Grace, I have a question. And it's a legal question. Um, Is there a way or a law that would allow a majority of citizens to demand a citizen's arrest on the president? Oh, no, no, I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm not a lawyer. I don't even play one on TV. I did play one uh, once in a school play. The reviews did say I was fabulous. Um, but even not being a lawyer, I can tell you that that's not going to happen. I thought when I saw the headline of that call, Citizens Arrest, I thought you were going to say on the border because, you know, in Texas, people are getting fed up. But even that's a bad idea because that can just lead down a very slippery slope and you you end up putting a lot of people in jeopardy and it's just a mess. And that's kind of the theme of this administration is a mess. But no, I don't think that we can all team up and demand that Joe Biden be arrested I don't even think he's going to be impeached. I think that's where we'd have to start um, before we break out the cuffs. Peter Navarro, on the other hand, throw him in Hinkley's cell. Uh, let's go to Dave. You're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go, go ahead, Dave. Hi, Grace. Great show. Um, it, this really comes down to the basic issue of states' rights. The state has a right to defend itself, you know, because the... Laws are not being enforced, so how are they interfering with law enforcement when it isn't happening? It's not like they're stopping them from stopping, you know, it's not like Texas has let the illegals in, you know? They're trying to keep them out of their state. Yeah, and Jonathan Turley was on Fox today, and he was explaining which party has the upper hand in the Texas-Biden showdown and I want to read you just a quote here. This is from the Daily Caller. They, they watched the interview and transcribed it. The problem is that federal courts are unlikely to agree that this is the invasion referenced in the Constitution. There's also a reference to imminent danger. And certainly looking at hundreds of thousands of people crossing an effectively open border presents an imminent danger. But the courts are likely to define that in the context of that provision, um, in the context of an invasion by as with a foreign state. So I think Texas is going to have a hard time making that constitutional argument in court, Turley said. Now, that might be true. It might be true. And and Turley is a very smart guy, and he's probably right. But I would say that the court of public opinion right now actually might play more into what happens than the court systems. Because Joe Biden is feeling an immense amount of pressure on all sorts of fronts, but especially on the border. I was reading a poll the other day. I think it, it might have been a Harvard-Harris poll, but I could be wrong, that said people are now looking at immigration as their number one issue. That might not seem crazy to us because we're in this every day, but that's crazy nationally. Usually the economy trumps all. 
But that's how bad things have gone. So I don't care how the courts are going to see this. I think Joe Biden's going to have to start operating based off how the American people are seeing it. And they don't like what they're seeing. We'll be right back.